0: Jerseys and Dress Shirts. You already know. The
1: mic is on, listeners. listeners.
2: listeners. Hey, (laughs) he got a little cold so you can keep the drink in his hand. Okay.
0: Welcome back to another episode of Jerseys and Dress Shirts. The three amigos in the building, me, myself, Maynard, Dale, and of course, Chuck. And we got two special guests on the podcast today. Got Amir Hinton in the building as well as Joel Hopkins, special guest today. Big time, big time.
2: Welcome, gentlemen. Welcome, gentlemen. So, um, of course, we have two guests. So, Coach Hopkins, uh, tell us a little bit about this young man right here, how you two connected. Um, just let us know what's going on. Oh, man. Uh, first of all, I'm just glad to be here today.
3: Um, I met Amir about a little over a year ago, and uh, I met him in a very unfortunate situation. He just got to drop him about thirty seven on me one night. <laughs> 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 he dropped about thirty seven on me. I said, Lord, I said, who's this dude? And um after that, you know, we just kinda just connected. You know, I had a player from Philadelphia named Savon Goodman. And he's playing over right. In Indonesia now. Nice. Okay. Sir. And um, so um, you know, they hollered at him and of course, you know, I thought he was a very special talent, but as I got to know him I found he was a very special person. So it's been a it's been a treat to work with him and uh, watch him grow. Know off the court is where well as on the court, and you know, I don't think the sky's the you know, limit for them. So it's been a great year working with them.
2: And as a coach, what is it that you look for in players when you are scouting them? Well, the first thing you want find somebody that's coachable, you know,
3: somebody you know, um, you can have a lot of talent, but you're not coachable, you don't have good character, right? You know, it's, it's very it makes it more difficult to, to really to, to coach that person, and so you kind of want to watch, you know, look at that. Uh, but I, I had no way of knowing the high character that he had when I first met him as learning, as as, as relationship grew, But um, I, I found that he has a very high character and just a, overall just a great person.
2: Right. So we know you have a little bit of history with some big names, T-Mac um, and uh, Flip Murray. Tell us, you know, with those those relationships, how how that came about, how you cultivated those relationships, how you knew that they were going to be who they were going to be.
3: Well, you know, we um, you have a guy like... Um, Tracy, you know he's a—he's of course you know he's a Hall of Famer. Guys, everybody got everybody to know. Uh, we got a lot of players that play from another coaching at Mount Zion. A uh, coach Amari Stoudemire, a mm-hmm. uh, coach Jared Jack, a uh, kid named Steve Hunter, I coach him. Um, Corey Hightower got directed by the Lakers. Oh, really? So we have a lot of great guys that I've, I've been able to come in contact with, and I worked for Adidas for 11 years, and and I was able to get in contact. There's been a lot of players like Kobe Bryant. When he was in high school, I worked with Kobe. Wow! So, um, you know, it just it's it's just, it's just all about relationship, yeah. You're about relationship, and just treating people uh, fairly and, and doing the right thing about people, and it always reciprocate back to you.
0: Right. At what point in the skill sets of basketball can you look at a player and be like? They're the next thing. They have that talent to get to the next level.
3: Well, you, just, you Trace McGrady, you six eight six nine, 6'9", a point guard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Handle the ball that way. Uh-huh. You can shoot it. Yeah. it don't take much coaching. Uh, but in Amir case, you get a guy that before he I ever coached Amir, I mean, he was like number 11 in the country in scoring as a, as a sophomore. Right. And, um, you know, he dropped 39 on, on Penn State last year. So it's a, he's been doing this for a long time. You I know, mean, they've been doing what he's in high school, you know, uh, they kind of say a was kind of like, you know, he was a little soft, he was from the suburbs. <laughs> so yeah. so then, let's, let's
2: shift to you now. So tell us a little bit about your journey and how, you know, you came to meet Coach Hopkins and why it is that you chose to come under his tutelage.
4: Uh, well, you know, we played them last year, like I said. Um, I really like their style of play once I first seen them play. And it's funny because um, after the game, I sat down with my family, and I was like, I need a coach like that. I like how he was so in tune you know, with the game, and he was on the players. It was just something about the, the whole thing that uh, was going on during that game. So once I went home, talked to my family and stuff, and I talked to um, Savon, the player of theirs. And he was just telling me like how he think I would like it. And, you know, um, how he's a good co- he's a great coach and he knows he knows his stuff about basketball, so I said, why not? You know, and, and then I did my, my research and we talked and then you know we we built a, a relationship and, and and that relationship was uh, it wasn't like he he made me like do anything or forced me to do anything, it was just natural. You know, he didn't force me to do it, nothing. So once we built that relationship, we just went from there and you know, here we are now.
1: Nice, nice. Yeah, Joel had uh, called me. On the phone and said, "Hey Chuck, I got this kid that you need to see." And um, you know, I was—I scouted uh, for the Pelicans, so I said, "All right, I'm gonna come check him out." So I didn't—I didn't look him up, what he looked like or anything. And I, so I said, "I'm gonna go and see if I can pick him out." Mm-hmm. So as I went, you know, first I got there. You Remember that game, yeah. K2? <laughs> I came downstairs, me and Joel. You know, we know each other for a long time, so I, I uh, went back upstairs to watch him warm up. Mm-hmm. And when when Amir came out there. I knew who the kid was. So that's when I knew, I said, okay, he got the look. You know what I'm saying? Then when I saw the game, uh, it was against, um, uh, uh, what's the school right there off of, going down to South, Florida, uh, Florence, South Carolina. Yeah, uh uh, make, make, uh oh, Francis Mary, Francis Mary yeah. was against Francis Mary. So uh, once I saw the game, um, and you know, I was just looking like as a scout, uh, and I saw that he did more and just score, you know, he blocked shots, he rebounded. So then after that game, I told Joel, I said, yeah, you know, that kid can play. So after that, you know, I made my own calls to people, like, yo, y'all need to come see this kid, you know what I'm saying, to people that I knew. So, you know, my, my only advice to Amir, as you make your journey, when you go play against these cats, you know, have that chip on your shoulder. Yeah. Do what you do best. Right. You know what I'm saying? Do That's what so. you do best, and you know you gotta go and pretty much you know I'm gonna say kick tail. I'm gonna keep it clean. Yeah. <laughs> go kick tail. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But you know I like what you what you what your game. You know because you play defense. You know you rebounded. Absolutely. You brought the ball up, and in the first half you tried to get others involved, right. which is great. And after, you know, some of them didn't come along, then you went ahead and did your thing. So, you know, so that was a great thing. So I just wanted to add that, you know, that I had seen you. You didn't know that. You know, I was sitting in there. You didn't, You never looked at me, not one time. You didn't know who I was. But I was watching you, and I was. And like I said, I didn't know what you looked like. But when you came upstairs, I said, that's him. That's got to be him. Then I got the, uh, I went on my phone. I said, I knew that was him. So, you know, you, you, you got all the tools. You know, keep your focus right there. Do what you do. Absolutely.
0: So Amir, let's take it back. Let's let's talk about your upbringing. Let's talk about you know where you come from because obviously you know you're not from the North Carolina area. Right. So talk about where you come from, where the passion of basketball started, and um, you know how everything came about, just coming up to shore. Uh,
4: well, I come from I'm from Philadelphia. So okay. I'm born and raised uh, my whole life. That's uh, the only place I ever lived uh, besides, you know, coming
0: here and right. really living here. There's something new for me. But Big McMill fan? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> I'm a lot, right. <laughs> lot. you around us.
4: But, um, but growing up playing basketball, I mean, my family always put a ball in my hand. I had pictures when I was a baby, you know, dribbling the ball and do, just doing different stuff. Um, and I just fell in love with the sport. Okay. It's funny because growing up I played other sports, but basketball just stuck out. You know, more to me. Um, I, I grasped it more and I just learned it. You know, it was it was just fun for me. Um, but coming down here, the journey, everything about North Carolina, I love. Um, everybody brought me in with open arms. Yeah. I haven't had no hiccups, no problems. Every If I go somewhere, it's, you know, people notice me and stuff. So it's fun. It's been fun. The school uh, brought me in with open arms. But um, the journey's been fun. I've been enjoying it, you know, because uh, it's something kind of new for me. Um, just not just uh, growing up and not getting the recognition, you know, that right. I felt like I deserved. Right. Coming right. down here and then, you know, everybody kind of. But the journey's been fun to me. I'm just, I'm just enjoying the process.
0: So how's that transition been coming to HBCU? Because I know it could be a culture shock, uh, coming from a you know a city where it's very diverse like Philadelphia. Uh-huh. And I know you went to a previous school that was majority uh, Caucasian yes. people. So how was it coming to HBCU? Um,
4: it was, it was kind of. I I was used to it when I came here just the atmosphere just from growing up and playing in that type of um, atmosphere you know um, outside and stuff like that so I kind of I kind of was liking it when I came down here it was something it felt like home home okay yeah yeah Um, but it was a different it it was a different you know experience from going to a PWI Mm -hmm. it's predominantly white folks and then coming here it's predominantly black folks. So it was it was different it was very different for me um, as far as that aspect goes. Yeah. But coming down here I, it allowed me to be myself, you know, um not saying that I wasn't being myself at my previous school, but
0: it's that comfort yeah, level. It's just the yeah. comfort of you around your,
4: your own you know culture oh, yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. So it allowed me to be myself um coming to this school and I just you know embraced it.
0: I'm gonna ask you the same question, Joe. So what made you, especially working with Whole bunch of top athletes um and getting those recognitions of you know Kobe's the Grady's and all that what made you pick to coach at HBC rather than maybe going to a larger division one of them powerhouses
3: well you know um I'm from um I'm from a very small town, from Bunn, North, North Carolina. Okay, yeah, I got you, okay. And uh, I played basketball at North Carolina Central. Okay. And we won a national championship there in 88, 89. I was looking for the ring, I was waiting for it. And, uh, <laughs> I thought it was okay. I, 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 I okay. Well, uh, you know, I, I understand the business of basketball, mm-hmm. I understand how it works. You know, I always knew that if I was at an HBCU, uh, I played at HBCU, I coached at a predominantly black uh, Christian high school. Okay. Um, I got a job at Shaw in 2000. I coached there for two years. Went to a, uh, I took a team to a Final Four. Mm-hmm. Uh, to put a kid in the NBA, mm-hmm. got a kid to shoot. A shoot the first kid from a, a HBCU to ever get a shoot contract from Adidas, wow. mm-hmm. uh, in the history of basketball. And I always do. I mean, there's only been maybe like five coaches that's left a PWI. And went to a, to a, a left HBC to go to a PWI. Yeah. Okay. So you know, it's, it's only a handful. And I'm happy who I am. There you and go. Know. I'm That's, important. Of, and, and That's not, important. No offense to nobody else. And, but, you know, from, from where I come from, I'm comfortable. I'm happy. Um, I've been able to help a lot of kids mm-hmm. that probably wanted to go to a predominantly uh, white institution. But for some reason, they got overlooked. Or, you know, a lot of times it goes by how fast you, who you are, how tall you are, yeah. who you know. Was you on the circuit? And mm-hmm. if you was on the circuit, was you were you that guy's guy? Exactly. All type of stuff like that. So you always have kids that fall through the cracks. And so, um, you know, I'm just happy in my lane,
0: so to speak. Good. And honestly, I'm glad if you speak on that because we had a pass episode, so I don't know if you guys remember, when we had Booby Chapman on. Mm-hmm. And we was talking about the importance of, you know, putting the skill set back into HBCUs and not always run into some of these powerhouse schools. Let's bring it back to our people. Let's uplift our people. And you're doing that work. It's important that, you know, you're not just running away to a powerhouse. You're still getting our people from the community, possibly giving them a chance. Like a mirror where possibly you couldn't even have the look, but you saw him and you brought him up to that next level. So, me personally, I truly appreciate the things you do because, once again, some people run for a check. Some people run for the name. But you really truly put in the work, so I truly appreciate that. Real talk. Yes, sir. Real talk.
2: So, Amir. So now we know um, you've had this, you know, amazing season, C.I.A.A. Yeah. played a year. Um, now you are about to transition. What what went into that thought process? What what was it that made you think it's time?
4: Um, well, well, coming into the season, um, for me, it was about uh, having a good season, ending the season healthy for mm-hmm. me. Uh, and those two things happened for me. That was the goal to have a great season and make sure I'm healthy by the end of the season. Um, so once once we sat down, I was healthy, um, had a great season, um, all the accolades, everything just everything that came with, with the season. Um, so we sat down, and I felt like I was ready. Um, I felt like it was the perfect time you know, to, to go ahead and try to pursue that dream. But, you know, um, once we sat down and figured that out, it was just like, let's go for it.
2: Is there anything inside of you that, 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 you know, is there any doubt? Is there any, you know, how, how is that, how is the, the weight of all of this? Because it's a, it's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. You must not watch this man before. Because let me tell you, <laughs> listen, I know he sounds a little like reserved and quiet,
0: yeah. but listen, when he on the court, when I watch them He's highlights, yeah. man, yeah. Yeah. man. Yeah, no <laughs> doubts.
4: No doubts. Um, all confidence. Um, you know, I'm, and I have a lot of faith. God so yeah. uh, so all that around in full circle is just you know just go ahead and attack with you what I need to attack on um, but yeah, there's no doubts they're just going to have fun and take care of what I could take care
1: that's right and that's important to control the things that you can control like you can't control you know if somebody puts you on the floor but you can control your effort right when you get out there yeah. and um, like as a player you said the right thing you know there, there's no doubts. There's no doubts at all. You know, you've been doing this, too. You know what I'm saying? These cats just been on TV more. That's That's the only difference. You know what I'm saying? That's it. So you've been doing it, too. And like I said, you know, just go and do what you do. Right. You know what I'm saying? Do what you do. And I think you'll be fine. Because like I said, I saw you. And when I saw you, I was like, okay, he going to be all right. He's going to be fine. You know what I'm saying?
2: And, Coach, when – the mayor comes to you and is like, "Coach, I think it's time." What you know? What do you do behind the scenes to say, "All right, let's have this conversation." What goes into the thought process on your end of things? Well, he didn't have the cut of me. I went to <laughs> him. <laughs> man. He had to cut of me. I'm not. I'm not one of those guys, man. You know, basketball's a business.
3: That's right. You know, it's, it's, and I think you know. I think kids don't understand that. Parents don't understand it. It's a billion dollar industry. Yes, sir. And I would be selfish. I'd be a bad business person if I told him to come back to shop. That's right. Um, I told him. I, I, I told myself I'm gonna hate, you know, not coaching. <laughs> I, we, you know, we all we have a good relationship. Good, right. You know, we, we on the court, and you got somebody you, you, you can really talk to as a coach. I, I like to talk to my players, and play. I want them to talk to me, right, and right. tell me what they feel, or how, right. how they see what they see, tell me what they think, and that's the type of coach I am, you know. And, and um, but I know he's ready. Um, I've coached enough kids, you know. He's ready, and you know, is it, gonna, is it gonna have some? Is it gonna have some balance? Yes. Is he gonna have some obstacles? Yes. Of course. Uh, that's that's to be expected. But I know he puts in the hard work, and, uh, and by my, he can play. You know, like I said, you stay healthy and you put the Lord first, and you know, great things gonna happen for you. But it was no my fact that him coming to me, I went to yeah. him, uh-huh. and I said, hey man, you got to go. You Gotta get up out of here. Time for you to go. On, get up out of here, man. You don't need to come back here no more, man. You're like, man, you put me out. So you gotta get up out of here, now. And so, but I'm happy. Man. I'm, 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 I'm excited for him. I
0: don't know if I can ask this question or not, but um, is there like a favorite team you kind of want to get to, or you know, a system you can kind of fit in best, or? not really I, I just wherever you go. Where I get in. I okay. Where I get in. Yep. I, that's how I look at it.
4: Because people ask me that a lot. like, you want I don't, wherever got right, put yeah, in, right. I'm that's ready. Right. And I, if I got to do what I got to do, I just got to do what I got to do. Yeah. But, yeah, there's no no specific team, but, I, you know, whoever whoever take that chance with me, I'm going to go ahead and put the work in.
1: That's right. And I, I, I can recall Joel called me and was like, look, I ain't the kind of guy to hold my guys back. He ready, you know, I want him gone. Yeah. So I, Joel <laughs> called me and told me that. So I was like, yo, yo, that, that if that's what you feel, go ahead and do it. Knock it out. So you felt the
0: same way about T Mac and Kobe when they was in high school? Oh, yeah, at man. that young age?
3: Man, I was trying to get Kobe. I was trying to get Kobe. He was the, I was trying to get Kobe to transfer Murray on Mount Zion. He was in the team oh, the Wow. Before he oh, wow. really blew up. Wow. I was yeah, trying yeah. to get him. Matter of fact, I had Kevin Garnett at Mount Zion. He left him He left him with Chicago. Man. So yeah, I could I can look at him the guys I you know, you can tell <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, guys can be pros like Flip. Like Flip Murray, yep. uh, I mean, he played ten years in the NBA. You know, um, you're coming from an HBCU. That's
0: right. He did it. You correct, know, yeah. And that was your first year coaching as well, right? Coaching in Shaw. Yeah, Shaw, sure, correct. Yeah, yes, yeah. I'm sorry. Yes, Shaw. <laughs> sure. So that's a big deal. So how was it when, you know, coming to Shaw for that first year, were you kind of anxious because now you're on, on another level at this point?
3: Well, I didn't. I, I kind of didn't look at like I felt like when I was coaching high school, mm-hmm. I was coaching at the highest level of high school basketball. You're playing, you know, we, we played against um, Oak Hill. Uh, and Dean Dome had over, had over ten thousand people at the game. Oh wow! That was in ninety-seven. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, who's on the court? Any big names on the court um, at the time? William Avery was on the court. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, we, I know we. I remember Will Avery. I forgot. I forget, I forget. Um, the other guys, uh, O'Kea had. Okay. But we had Tracy. We had uh, Max Owens. South Carolina mm-hmm. had George Razie went to Nebraska. Had Travis Roberts went to Missouri. Wow. Mm-hmm. So we had about six mm-hmm. Division One guys. Yeah, he had the team. Yeah. So you know, for me. The way I look at it, I'm not just being cocky. I feel like I'm, I'm coaching I'm coaching with guys that are high-major Division one players. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to Shaw, which in the South you know, um, just through relationships, I brought a lot of those players with me and guys transferred in who mm-hmm. was yeah. able to win there. Nice. So, you know, um, you know bas- at the, end of the day, basketball is basketball.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, it's all about how your attitude is and, w- and the work that you put into it.
0: And now talk about the leadership skills because as a coach, you know, they look at you as a leader. So talk about the importance of, Some of the words you say or the actions you do to make sure you're role models for once again kids like a man.
3: Well, you know, guys got you got you got you got to put the work in. You gotta you gotta work hard at at your craft. Mm -hmm. Nobody's not gonna give you anything. I think the the misconception for most players, they think these guys are great and they are just sitting there playing the PlayStation. You know, most people think that. uh, I remember my good friend Chucky. I've been knowing (laughs) Chucky, man. We used to battle. He was in college, yes, and I was at, over at um, Central, and I would come over and play yeah. at NC State. Yeah. But people you couldn't imagine the amount of work that Chucky put in yeah. to his craft. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, just being in the you 6'7", know, 6'8", six, six, mm-hmm. going against 7'4". He was going to centers yeah. in the league. Yeah. And so, you know, he put a lot of work into it. And then he wasn't putting a lot of crazy stuff in his body. He went out there and running yeah. the streets and stuff like that. And so I could just look at a, a good friend of mine and just watch how he worked. He had a, a unbelievable work ethic, and he had a great attitude. So you take guys a lot, but a lot of guys just look at LeBron James or Kobe Bryant. But it's a it's a it's, it's a job for the guys that can get up and play defense. Yeah. Guys that just come to price to be a good teammate. Mm-hmm. You could be a good locker room guy. I told Amir, I said, you know what? The first thing gonna do, I said, Amir, because uh, if you you, you whatever team you go to, uh, I said just say if you go to OKC, I said, because no, they've been about four hour games and they really love them. I said, but they're not gonna. You're not going, I said, who's going to have the basketball at OKC? Right. is in- going to have the basketball. <laughs> yeah. I said, Paul George could be the next guy in the basketball. Uh, right, right. Right. They might put you in that corner. They're going to put you in the corner. <laughs> right. And you got, I said, you're going to be in that corner. You better guys. be ready. You got to be out there like that. Right? You better be ready. You to, be ready to catch your shoot. Out, uh-huh. I said, so you, your style, I said, you for the opportunity to play, man, you just got to be, hey, that you. Got, that's what they're going to do. Yep. And you know you got to work yourself up to be had the ball in your hand, Yeah, the, the trust factor. So that's right. You just got to just teach it, Just keep it real with that's us. Right. You, know? you got keep you got to keep it real with these kids. A lot of kids don't want parents don't want to hear. I tell all my parents, all my kids, this is my pick on the pop 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 on my team. Mm-hmm. Now if you don't like it, you can leave that's that's right. day one. That's so right. I'm, I'm not trying to very lie transparent. To you. That's, that's you know, right. Some, that. You know we had that this year. Some guys didn't step up to the plate like they supposed to. Anyway, <laughs> that's another story. <laughs> but um. I just keep it real with the kids. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. This is got what you, you gotta do. Like right now, we in um, postseason conditioning, mm-hmm. um, and guys got a choice. You got a choice to go lift and work out, or you know, when I make an evaluation at the end of this year, you might not be here. Yeah, very true. You know, but yeah. I'm not gonna bring up by the back. You're not putting forth the effort.
0: You're that's only right. starting their growth if you're not keeping it real with them. That's right. So. right. that's, yeah. that's, right. that's
3: yeah. the bottom line.
0: There you go. Okay. Uh, Amir, there's one question we typically ask our guests. Um, you know. By that time, typically they made it. But as athletes, and, um, we usually ask them, you know, what's the craziest purchase they've made with their first check? Since you haven't been drafted as yeah, of yet, yeah. have you been thinking about what's that first check gonna be like for you and what you're gonna spend it on? Uh,
4: whatever it is, uh,
0: it's probably something
4: for my mom. There you go. There whatever you it is, go. It's her first, probably, yeah. Do something for her. She deserves it. Um, but I haven't not for myself yet. And okay. I, mean, I gotta get there first. That's yeah. my <laughs> <laughs> I'm to stay home for first. <laughs> okay
2: all right what is it um that drives you every day what is it you know is it what what do you think about that puts that chip on your shoulder
4: um mother again. Yeah. i say that
0: yeah.
4: um you know just growing up her being a single a single parent taking care of two two um, children and paying the bills and doing it and, and me not being able to um step up and be that person because I'm so young and I really don't know myself and all that stuff. But now that I'm in a position, that's what really, if I'm in a gym, I'm doing anything, it's just like you got a chance to do something for your family that nobody never did in my family uh, as far as like playing a sport and stuff like that. So just that, just thinking about keeping her in the back
1: of my mind and just hearing
4: her voice, you know, keep going and stuff like that just keep me motivated to keep pushing and keep going.
1: Have you had a a chance to uh Talk to Flip, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, okay, yeah, I'm yeah. about to say that. Uh, like what what type of advice did Flip give you, you know, because he was kinda on this a similar path. Right. Uh, what kind of advice did Flip give you? Just
4: keep going, you know, okay. uh, just keep doing what I'm doing,
1: basically. You know, okay. keep it brief and simple. Like just keep doing what you're doing. Right.
4: Just keep it brief and right. you know, don't stop for or for just keep going. Right.
0: What advice would you give, Chuck? Um, Especially somebody that's fairly new going into the league, mm-hmm. um, how to handle you know the groupies, mm-hmm. the random cousins that's come out of nowhere.
1: Right. Uh, yeah. how, how do you that's handle funny. all that? No, seriously, because um, you know how that goes. <laughs> I think you have to, you know, as far as the random cousins that come out, of you nowhere, you have to, uh, you have to, you have to, you know, say no sometimes, right? Because you know, they're gonna be people are gonna be like, yo, man, look, you know, I'm kind of short right now. I'll pay you back. In uh, you know a couple months when I get my check or then you know you just got to be like yo I can't do it you know what I'm saying and um, I would definitely say you know put money away. Uh, as, you, as you get the money, you, you, put, you put it away. Chuck still got his first paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, <laughs> hey, hey. They thought
3: I was, hey, was crazy. Chuck we in the NBA, right? He was in, he was in college. <laughs> this is a true story. This joker had like a Dodge coat. It was a Dodge coat. <laughs> a Dodge coat. He, he kept that Dodge coat. He got drafted by the Cavaliers yes, right. and That's took that. the Dodge coat with him to Cleveland. And I'll tell you a funny story about that Dodge coat.
1: I'll tell you a funny story about that Dodge coat. We were in Cleveland had a bad snowstorm. So the Dodge Coat had four front wheel drive. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm in the parking lot with the BMWs and the Mercedes and, you know, like I'm walking, you know, coming to the lock where they clowning me, calling my, my horse a pon- my car a pony, <laughs> <a> pony <laughs> and all this stuff. So, you know, when, no, it, when okay. it was ice storm, uh-huh. I had a sheet, a bed, like a sheet that I took and put over the windshield yeah. so that it wouldn't ice up. Yeah. So when we got out of the game, all of them was out there with their little <laughs> scrapers. I just took my sheet. Guess they're moving. <laughs> it off, it up, put it in the car, and I bounced. You know what I'm saying? So that's how I got my laugh. You know, And, and like, they, we had to go up a hill. My front-wheel drive got up the hill. The Mercedes, and they needed help getting up the hill. Oh, you know what man. I'm saying? So I got got my laugh then. But, you know, like I, I was telling me, you know, just, you know, be able to say no to those people. When you go to training camp, come early and stay late. Be there early. Be, be one of the first one that I was fortunate enough to, when I got drafted to Cleveland, you know, Larry Nance is a big mentor of mine. I still talk to him to this day. And Larry, you know, he never called me Chucky the whole year. I was Rook. That was my name, you know, which was cool. Right. Hey, Rook, I need you to go get me some donuts. I don't know if they still do that. I need you to go get me some donuts. You know, I would do it, you know what I'm saying? But and as I did it, you know, Larry would say, hey, look, this is what we got to do. Larry was an 11-year vet. So I had to listen, you right. know what I'm saying? So. You know, come early, stay late, you know, get extra shots in. Anytime they tell you that a practice is not mandatory, it's mandatory for you. Right. Be there. You know what I'm saying? So that would be my advice, you know what I'm saying, for you. But, you know, I I know you ain't going to have a problem with that. Like I said, I saw you play. And Joel told me about your character. You know, his son told me about your character. Right. You know what I'm saying? so, you know, always stay humble. Stay humble and hungry is how I used to keep stay humble and hungry and that, that helped me last my uh, 13 years in the league and you know uh, my own little personal story when I went to Sacramento my last year uh, you know of course I was in shape ready to play you know young cats I was like man don't kill them young cats because I know more they said to me you know would you be willing to come in and just practice I said yeah I can't get that check nowhere else so let me go in there and just practice and when I got there I had to take Mateen Cleves, Mike Bibby uh Peja Stojakovic, uh, he said, show them how to be pros. Mm-hmm. And I learned how to be a pro. Uh, Gerald Wallace was another one. Mm-hmm. I learned how to be a pro from Larry Nance, So I had turned passed that on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So come early, stay late, you know, and, and it's easy. You, you ain't got nothing. You ain't got nothing but time. You know, I, I had so much time when I got drafted in Cleveland, after I even did all that, I had time to go to movies. I would switch theaters in the movie theater, go see two movies a night. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you will have time. So you know, just you know, continue to work on your craft. Always get better and always learn. Okay, appreciate it. So,
0: and uh, Coach, I know Amir is very, like I said, very humble guy. I could tell just yeah. meeting the past hour. So, um, was there any time that you had any big egos? Um, especially the fact that I know, especially early on, Kobe was known to have an ego. Well, at least that's what it was reported. I didn't know Kobe personally, but it was reported that Kobe had an ego when he was on the court and. You know, people like T Mac as well. well so,
3: oh, all, 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 all great players, all great athletes, are oh, gonna yeah. have an edge, or you might want to call it yeah. ego. Yeah. yeah. Um, but <laughs> you can go out here and score 63 points, and you <laughs> ought to have an ego. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. I mean, guys, <laughs> do what Kobe did, done, and you know, Trace has done. So, um, you know, but I think, I, I think he, Kobe was more confident. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and, and what he, and who he, who he was, and what he, what he wanted to be, mm-hmm. because I remember just talking to him like with yesterday. He always said he wanted to be the greatest. Mm-hmm. That was his, his whole thing was I want to be the greatest, and and I and, and in that time it was Michael Jordan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So his whole thing was I'm gonna be better than Michael Jordan. He said it, and everybody thought it was crazy.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: You're not better going to be better than Jordan. Correct. You're not going to be better than Jordan. So he just they're gonna, Started playing like Jordan, acting like Jordan, talking like Jordan, <laughs> walking, walking like, like, like Jordan. A, yeah. <laughs> so he was, you know, you go see Kobe. Kobe sitting there watching Jordan. You know, me and teammates do a lot. Used to watch a lot of Jordan tapes and stuff, and just watch them and, um, and just watch the guys' craft and watching what he did. But the biggest thing I would, t- I always tell, said, "Man, it's that dude's work ethic." Because I know, mm-hmm. uh, I know, me and Fred Whitfield's brother Charles were roommates in college. Oh, wow. Okay. So I had an opportunity to be around Mike and those guys. Mm-hmm. And- but yet, it's to work at mm-hmm. Everybody think, you know, he just go out there and score those points, but uh, and're not doing it in the gym. Uh, it's
2: crazy. They've, they've got to put a lot of work in. That's true. That's true. As a as a coach, you become almost like a father figure. So when they leave you at the university level, these relationships, of course, I imagine, are lifelong relationships. Mm-hmm. How do you continue to impact their lives once they leave you? Well, you know, you gotta sometimes, you know,
3: the, um, you gotta be. You gotta give them tough love.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Even to this day, you know a lot of guys they don't want to hear something. They know they don't want to hear what coach got to say. Right. You know they gotta say, hey, I might say, don't do this or don't do that because you got the from the agents, mm-hmm. you got the baby mamas, mm-hmm. you got the girlfriends, you got the wife, yeah. all, <laughs> all wrapped up with one guy. Then do don't trying to tell the guy, hey man, you don't need to do this or you don't need to do that or don't do this over here. And then you know a lot of people got um, different agendas. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just gonna keep it real with them, and uh, I'm just gonna be who I am, and uh, that's what I've always been. You know, I got some players we have great relationships with, who they are. Mm -hmm. They get caught up in the, you get caught up in the the stardom, the fame, and you lose yourself. The biggest thing I say is don't lose who you are. You gotta be who you got. You gotta be. You gotta have a foundation of who you are. And one thing I say about Amir, Amir got, um, he got a strong foundation in the Lord. You know, um, he. That's what he that's what he goes to himself. And so, you know, so when you got a base like that, you can go anywhere in the world with a foundation like that and you can you can achieve greatness. You know, and um not that you won't have issues, but you have a foundation.
0: I think it's time to get into my my favorite argument. Uh the top three players of all time for you guys. <laughs> it's always a good argument for us on this podcast. Oh, for real? Top three oh, players yeah. of all time. It always switches up too. Even for us as hosts that's always on the show, every week we have different top three as well sometimes. Well, my number one stays the same. Yeah, number one. Yeah, okay. Who's your number one? Kareem.
1: Kareem. Kareem. All day. All day. So who would you say (laughs) your top three?
3: Oh, man. Um, You got to go with MJ. Okay. Um, MJ. um, You got to go with Kareem. Okay. And, um. I love Oscar Robinson. Okay. Oh, that's a different yeah, one. Yes, I don't yeah, think we yeah, heard Oscar. Nobody,
0: nobody yeah. said Oscar yet. That's yeah. a different one. Okay. <laughs> what about I you, know. man? What you? I, Y'all
4: yeah, I like MJ? Yeah. Okay. I also, I also came up on that. Like, yeah, I like AI. So okay, I, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Really, yeah. So I like, I like
1: Allen and I, like, I, know, I ever seen, I'll probably go with Kobe. I like what Kobe's doing. Yeah. Yeah. See, I love the, I love like the the, the old heads. I call us the old heads, and I love what the young heads. You know, like they 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 haven't seen Kareem. You exactly. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he ain't seen Kareem. You know what I'm saying? He never seen Oscar. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure he's heard about Oscar. You know anybody averaging yeah. a triple double? I, 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 I a triple double. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, but, but like he said, like AI, Kobe, uh, and who was the other one? MJ. And MJ. So you know, you you can't. You, like I don't I don't argue with with the young heads that that pick their, the people that they saw right. because right. like people like I never saw Will. But like an older person, they say, "Oh, whip was better than Kareem." You know, they don't know what you're talking about. But I, when I was younger, I saw Kareem. You know what I'm saying? I, I saw Magic. You know what I'm saying? Well, I guy. saw Mike. I played against Mike. You know what I'm saying? So I love the difference uh, according to like the eras that you watch. So I love to hear what, what the young cats who they picked.
0: And one you thing I also like, the fact they picked players that had impact off the court as well. Right. Oscar Robertson had a big impact oh. off the court. Yes, sir. Uh, especially during the civil rights and all that. Yes, sir. Uh, Allen Iverson. We all know. We all yes, lived sir. Allen Iverson's yes, uh, era. He changed the culture. you yes, feel me? The, the change, the baggy clothes, yep. all that. So it's important that not just on the court, players that also have an impact outside. So, you know, one advice for you, I mean, the same way your coach is doing, give back to your community. Once yes, you sir. Once you get up there, you know what I mean, you got to make sure you uplift others as well. And that's right. mostly important as well. So that's big time. All right, guys, I know you guys had a second to kind of shop around the store, the athlete's foot, and pick out some sneakers that truly mean something to you guys. I'm like we do every every episode. So we're going to dip into the shrine bag, pull out a sneaker, and I'll let you go ahead and pull your sneakers out. So speak on why you, why you decided to pick the ones. Um,
4: well, I picked the ones because this probably this was the first Jordan like I was connected to. And it was probably one of the first Jordans uh, my mom bought me. So nice. like, so, and I wore it, out, and it was I had two pair, I had uh, some yellow ones and some red and some red and white ones, like kind of like the ones MJ used to wear. Yeah. Uh-huh. And watching him, you know, watching him, all he, he wore them red and them, uh, red, white and black ones. Yeah, the band ones. Yeah, they, yeah, red, I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I fell in love with them, and, and they, and they laid, I like how they... How they lay with uh, some jeans and stuff. Like okay. That. So, yeah, I
0: prefer the ones. Do, do you like actually balling in them? They're, they're nice. They're fashionable, but to me, I didn't think they were that comfortable to ball in.
4: Um, I probably played basketball in them twice. twice. I worked out in them and I played in them once, but they're too flat. They're too yeah, flat for me. I um, agree. And but they light though. I like how they feel, but they're just too flat.
0: Okay. Yeah. Part cool. why Jordan got his ankle injury. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Moving. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna go ahead and uh, look at your shoes, the one you picked. Go ahead and dip in your bag. All right. Speak on why you decided to pick the Adidas. Three stripes. Yeah. Run DMC. Uh-huh. Uh,
3: run DMC. Um, the hip-hop, you know, they're the pioneers of it. Yeah. And also, um, this is what, the Adidas changed my life. You know, I, I worked for Adidas. Uh, we signed a 12 minute shoe contract for Trace out of high school. Uh, then came back and signed one for $120 million. Uh, about six years later, and just helping them with the design work of the first T Max. So you know, me and Adidas, we got a long,
0: uh, long relationship. Okay. Um, don't tell me you was responsible for the Kobe spaceships. You know what I'm talking about? You wasn't responsible. Okay. But how was it working with um, like Adidas and working with a shoe company and designing? Like, kind of break it down. Cause there's not many people I've known that help design shoes. So tell me uh, the process.
3: Well, uh, in the process, what they do, um, well, most. The shoes are made. The shoes that you have in the store mm-hmm. are different from the shoes that the players wear. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, the shoes are. They actually mold those shoes for those for those players. Gotcha. And they have a mold, and those shoes come directly to the players, so it fits that player's foot. Gotcha. Okay. And uh, in the stores, the the, the, the how you say it, the insert insole inserts mm-hmm. are just basic. Right. But when you um and when you're designing the shoe, um they cast the guys, they take the guy's shoe, gotcha. the foot,
0: yeah,
3: and they they put it like in this wax, and they cat and then you know it cut come, it comes out and they take the foot and they design the shoe around that mold, yeah, and so it, it just fits them like a glove. Gotcha. And you know it's just different, so it's just way different from what you
0: buy in the store. So I'm guessing that's part of what Nike did when they came down, kind of consulted Zion when that whole sneaker exploded thing, right? Because I know that was a big deal. Um, Nike coming down because I honestly I thought it was kind of shaky because I thought at first you could have that interaction with a college player um, being you know a sneaker brand, but well you can like like, like
3: at Florida State uh, uh, my son played at Florida State they had a kid there get a size twenty two
0: shoe so Nike had to actually make their shoe for gotcha okay Um, so you know they can do that cool cool all right Um, anything else you guys kind of wanted to touch on man it's been it's truly been a great episode learning a lot. I look forward to what you do in the future, big time. Um, anything you guys want to kind of pump out there, maybe your Instagrams or any of that? <laughs> He's an Instagram guy. <laughs> man. An Instagram. Let, let the ladies know the Instagram. What's, what's your, follow, what's
2: your followers, followers looking
4: like? <sighs> I don't know. I mean, they've been, they been going up lately, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, man. I, <laughs> the humble guy. There yeah. you Instagram, go. Huh? <laughs> Instagram is Instagram. You know how it go, but, okay. Yeah. Uh, I ain't going to put my social media. Gotcha. There. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. okay. They'll find me. They'll find me.
0: Cool, cool. <laughs> and you, you want to tell them come check out the games? You want
4: to let
3: oh, the people yeah. know? I always come uh, come check out Shaw University. They go to uh, Shaw, shawbearers.com,
0: get the latest schedule, and see what's happening. There you go. All right. Well, once again, we appreciate it, guys. Thank you for joining the podcast. Thank you for me.
2: Thank,
0: Thank you. you. Thank and then another you. great episode. Right. Peace. Peace.